us through our first reading, which is from 1 John chapter 3, reading from verse 1 to 7. 1 John chapter 3. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When He is revealed, we will be like Him. For we will see Him as He is. And all who have this hope in Him purify themselves, just as He is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that He was revealed to take away sins, and in Him there is no sin. No one who abides in Him sins. No one who sins has either seen Him or known Him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand as Chris brings us our gospel. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus appears to his disciples. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondered, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem, You are my witnesses to these things. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Do please be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be with you this morning. And uh, I just want to say thank you to the music group as well. Wasn't that fabulous, leading us in worship? And, And what an opportunity to 
hear the truth spoken, sung out to us, and to hold that in our own hearts. And shall we pray, just as before I start. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're with us here this morning. And uh, as we come to think about Jesus meeting with his disciples, we pray, Father, that we would meet with you. And we pray that as those disciples were changed, that we too would be changed, that our hearts would be opened, that our lives would be transformed, and that we would love you as you love us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, how are you getting on? Are you enjoying your new freedoms around the lockdown? Good, good. It's good to see a few more people again, isn't it, to be honest? Even if it is outside or in our gardens, especially if we haven't seen them for ages. I wonder how many of you have been into pub gardens yet. I won't ask the question, but uh, I wonder. I haven't been there yet, but I, I confess I am looking forward to it at some stage. And I wonder who you've seen, whether you've seen friends, family, maybe a few colleagues. Perhaps it's been an opportunity as you can travel a little bit further to go and see some of your friends. Victor talking about his sister. It's been an opportunity, hasn't it, after a long break. Maybe it's been a time when we can encourage people. Or maybe it's a time when we feel that we've needed to be encouraged ourselves. Anyway, it's good to have a great time. It's good to get out. It's good to have a a coffee, to go for a walk and a talk. In fact, it's been such a long time in some ways, it feels quite extraordinary, doesn't it, just to do little things that uh, we took for granted. But I have to say that the disciples' meeting referenced in the passage today was more than extraordinary. It hadn't been that long since they'd seen Jesus, but an awful lot had happened, hadn't it? So much so that they were actually frightened. They couldn't be sure that they recognized him. And they couldn't believe that it was really Jesus. But of course it was. And Jesus says, peace be with you, shalom. And he recognized, didn't he, that they had both joy in their hearts, but also disbelief and fear. So he helps them. He tries to settle them and suggests that maybe they share some of the food that they have with him. It's always good, isn't it, to to have a meal together, to share. It kind of lets the barriers come down and you can become a little bit more intimate with each other. But here, of course, it's even more significant than that. It was to show that he was indeed risen. It was not a ghost that they feared. It really was Jesus Christ. And the Gospel passage I've just read is headed, Jesus appears to his disciples. And of course, he did, didn't he? That's just what he did. But actually, he did so much more than that. It starts a train of events that are fundamental to our Christian experience. Changing lives forever. And they hold important parallels for us. And I'd like to just briefly outline five implications that come from that meeting. They're quite simple and straightforward. So my first point is simply this. They see Jesus. They spend time with him and they're convinced as to who he is. And it's a good reminder for us, isn't it, that sometimes it takes time for us to recognize that Jesus is really with us. 
that He goes through the things that we go through. He's close to us. That's both when we first come to know Him as Christians, but also even when we've known Him for a while. It's worth acknowledging that relationship takes time, and rushing isn't helpful in meeting with Jesus. And I'm talking to myself here, as well as maybe a few of you. We need to slow down. We need to take time. We need to allow that time to chill out with God. And then we can see Him as He really is. Secondly, Jesus opens up the Scriptures and helps them to understand who He is. That the sufferings that He went through were part of God's plan. That He is the Messiah, the Savior, the one who brings repentance and the one who provides forgiveness. And the same happens to us too. Jesus, via the Holy Spirit, reveals the truth to us of who He really is. What that means for us personally. How much He cares and supports and loves us. Thirdly, Jesus goes on to say that now that they know and they understand Him and His purpose, that they need to tell others about that, to share the good news. We heard last week, didn't we, from Keith, the importance of mission, that it's key for all of us. The disciples are witnesses to the risen Christ and to the truth behind His resurrection and that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. And they're fundamental building blocks, those pieces, aren't they, for our faith. But it also remains imperative for us to also share what we know about the risen Christ, the difference He has made in our lives. I'm talking here about little cameos of what Jesus has done for us, what we've realized about Him, what we've come to believe in Him. We don't want clever tales of mystery and suspense, but we want honest accounts of all that He means to us and how we have seen Him individually reveal Himself to us. All of this is so important. And therefore it's no surprise that in the passage we read from John, that He takes us to the next implication, the next fundamental truth about meeting Jesus. My fourth point. Not only have we come to know Jesus, but as a result, we're now part of God's family as sons and daughters of the King. Those who knew Jesus and accepted Him as Savior in the first century are like us and are now called children of God. The facts about Jesus, about His death and resurrection, are horrible, indescribably awful in some ways, and almost unbelievable and amazing all kind of wrapped up into one. But so actually is that truth I've just mentioned. We too, individually and collectively, are children of God. Let that sink in. It's hard to grasp. We are God's precious children. The God of the universe, the creator of all things. And we have access and privileges that only sons and daughters can enjoy. Now, I know that not everyone knows the joy of family life, and some have never experienced the love and intimacy 
that can come from a close family. But we can know this, either as children or as parents. And we should know that the ideal is a joy of shared experiences, of precious times together in safe and welcoming surroundings where things are shared between family members that others will never know, that others will never be welcome to share. Some special family moments, that unconditional love that we sing about, the guidance and support that we need, and the nurture that we receive from Jesus. But that's what Jesus is talking about. That's what he's inviting us to join into, an intimacy with Jesus and our Father. And it means that as we focus on Jesus and Father God, we see and understand God's love for us in a new personal way. And we're changed. Actually, I believe that the more we know Jesus, the more we're changed. But it's a journey. We're all on that journey. We have a new hope in Jesus Christ. We have a new security and a new purpose. And from that relationship with God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, we're changed. And the passage from John reminds us that we're changed in other ways too. That our desire for sin reduces that our desire for purity increases. Can we believe that? I hope so. But of course, we know, and regrettably I know, only too well, that it's not always our daily experience. Sometimes we fall back, or we find it hard to break out of a cycle. And despite what John says here in this passage... St. John and Jesus completely understand the challenges we face. They know the temptations before us. They know how we slip. In fact, John has already told us two important things in previous chapters. In chapter 2, verse 2, he tells us that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and the sins of the whole world. Jesus is why all our sins are forgiven. Every one of them. Every one of them. And in chapter 1, verse 18, John acknowledges that we will all sin and fall short. But he encourages us to be honest with ourselves and to admit that sin, but also encourages us to move to a place where sin is less attractive to us and where the love of God and the purity that God seeks for our lives has more of a pull towards us, more of a desire for us, so that as we get closer to God, our desires increase to be more like Jesus. Yes, we slip. Yes, we slide. But Jesus is the author and preserver of our faith and our advocate in heaven with the Father. And it's his blood that covers our sins that means we can repent and we can begin again. And God himself in the form of the Holy Spirit, aids us in our effort to be free from sin. No longer slaves. No longer slaves to the old nature, but to live in the light of Christ with his love and authority. As we walk with Jesus, we believe in him, we become children of God, and our nature changes, along with our attitude to purity. And finally today, from, that, uh, from our third uh, passage, 
in the book of Acts, which we haven't read this morning, but it takes us back to that mission and reveals how our relationship with God will lead us into opportunities to witness to the power of God, to the saving power for all who believe. The section that uh, we're talking about today is that story, a well-known story of Peter and James where they heal the crippled man in the name of Jesus. And Peter said those incredible words, I think, actually. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. And the man is healed. He shares the love and power of Christ with him. Something that we too can do. Maybe not always quite the same way that Peter did, but with power. And we can all share what we have received from Christ. And we can pray in faith and with power for those with needs all around us. So to recap, we see Jesus, we believe in him, we understand things differently, and we're changed as we become children of God. Our priorities change. We share the message. And we do the work that Jesus did. And we do the work that the disciples did by bringing freedom to others. Of course, this path is not just for us who believe and have made that commitment to Christ. It's effectively the path that all new Christians can follow. And that includes you. As you come to know Jesus and to believe in him, you too become a child of God and experience that change in attitude and lifestyle. As the Holy Spirit guides and directs you, then you too can go into all the world and share the good news of Jesus. Let me just finish with some quick thoughts on lockdown. As you meet with friends and family, again, enjoy yourselves. Have a good time. Enjoy that friendship. Freedom is a great gift we have. But don't forget Jesus. In fact, why not take time to have a coffee with Jesus? Yes, I know. I'm serious. Book it in. Just you and Jesus. Taking time to talk about what's going on. To talk about how you feel. And seek to understand what he's saying to you. As you eat and drink and walk with others, why not reflect on what Jesus has done in your life? And share your, your stories with your friends. Be real. Share the struggles as well as the successes. And finally, don't hold back from praying for your friends and those that God leads you to. Whatever their needs, it opens the opportunity for you to all see Jesus at work and to realize the power of Christ in the world. Let me finish with a prayer. Lord, as we come out of lockdown, help us to meet with you. Help us to spend time with you. Help us to share what you mean to us with others. Help us to reveal your power and love in what we do and how we pray. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you.